And now I understand that that difficult fight period of my life was my friend. That was my friend because it turned my pain into my power, my veil lifted. I see differently now. I am so conscious, so self-aware, aware of my limitations now. I'm aware of what I can, cannot do. I'm really good with it all because, all because of what happened to me. Hello and welcome to Behind the Mother Mask. I'm your host, Annie Breen, registered nutritional therapist, master NLP practitioner, and transformational coach for exhausted mums who don't feel enough. My mission with this podcast is to lead with vulnerability by starting to lift the psychological mask you wear each day that protects you and others from the stuff that's hard to explain and talk about. It's about sharing from the middle, not just the open wounds or the healed scabs, but the messy middle. Let's go for honesty over perfection, because I believe when you transform yourself, you automatically transform your relationships and parenting by passing down wisdom, not wounds. So if you're up for that, you definitely don't need to do it alone. I'm here to lead you on what could be the greatest adventure of your life, behind the mother mask, back home to yourself. Hello and welcome back to episode five, I think. I hope you're well. This is a great conversation. Lorna is a friend of mine and it's always comforting and nice to have conversations with friends. I tend to feel more relaxed. Lorna is a educator, a coach, an NLP practitioner, and she is based in Kilmarnock in Scotland. And she is really passionate. And I'm sure you will get that. <laughs> about supporting people to discover who they truly are. Now, as you know, with this podcast, this is much more about who you are than what you do. So we go behind the mother mask and we talk to Lorna about who she is, who she truly is. And often, always, <laughs> that discovery does not come without a journey. So we go into Lorna's journey, and I'm really grateful for her for being so open and honest about her big milestones in her life, becoming a mum, wanting to fit in um, as a teenager, her mask really being about music and hiding behind the music and what she showed to the world was very different to how she felt on the inside. Then being in a job that was incredibly demanding and discriminatory of her being a woman, especially after she became a mum, and then her marriage breaking down and going through divorce. So there's many pieces to her life puzzle. And I think the big message and what I was really interested to speak to Lorna about, because this is how she helps so many people, is how you really be 
you and become you. And this is a process. And don't lose yourself within your relationships. But in fact, step into your power so you can put in place boundaries and then foster more meaningful, connected relationships. Some of that process for Lorna, as with many, is about distancing yourself from people who are not positive, who are not healthy. But a lot of it is to do with fostering deeper connections with people without losing yourself. So this is a brilliant one. If you are needing to find a bit more belief in yourself, a bit more confidence to actually speak your truth and ask for what you need, and maybe that is saying no and putting boundaries in place and improving your relationships so you're not always compromising and giving yourself away, this is for you. I hope you enjoy the episode. Please let me know on social media, drop me a message, and please do follow Lorna or the details are in the show notes. Hi, Lorna. Hi, how are you? I am really good and excited to speak to you. (laughs) Me too, excited to speak to you. I know, I just, um, I love our conversations and I know that it's going to be a really good one (laughs) and that so many people are going to resonate with this. So Mm -hmm. I'll just give a bit of context. I think we met, so I, I knew of you before we'd met because you'd done a something on Facebook with Stephen Burns, <laughs> who is our NLP trainer, one of our NLP trainers. And I saw that. And I think you were talking about self-sabotage. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. And I just remember, oh, my God, this lady has so much life. She has so much passion. She has so much energy. It was almost infectious. You know, you just want to listen. Um, And then I went to do master. So the master practitioner course of the NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming um, last year, the end of last year, and you were on it. So I was like, yeah, I get to meet you in person. (laughs) Oh, it was Um, lovely. Yeah. It was amazing, wasn't it? Oof, Uh, definitely. Life-changing stuff, NLP, isn't it? It's life-changing. I know we'll go into it a little bit because I know it's a big part of your journey and your story. Same with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but what I thought we could start off with is just you sharing a little bit about you and your story. So what I try to do with this podcast is kind of go behind the mother mask of who the person is, not just what you do. Yeah. And what you do is incredible. You help a lot of people and we'll come to that. But the reason you can help a lot of people is because you've been through your own journey and own challenges yeah. and managed to transform yourself. And, and you know, I'm sure that you will will talk about this, but it's an ongoing process. So if we start at the beginning, like you t- tell us a bit about you and then we can go back to how things, what was your normal growing up? So what was my normal growing up? Um, I grew up in the salubrious surroundings of a little town called Cowinning in North Ayrshire. I'm one of four. I'm the youngest of four children. Um, So I I, I was a 70s kid. I grew up outside, you know, I grew up without the mobile phone and and, and the the, the social media. I was out playing with my pals, you know, recording the charts and the the tape recorder, whatever I wanted to, whatever I was, you know, playing my roller boots. Um, And it was a very different world that we live in now so I I experienced loads of good stuff growing up um, that I think 
have become my normals, if you like, because I think growing up has shaped me into becoming, you know, a, a very driven individual, very tenacious, resilient. But, but despite all of that, my normal was yeah, growing up in a family of four, dad was a teacher, mum stayed at home. And yeah, it, it was an interesting childhood. <laughs> I, I grew up in the, in, in the era that, you know, if you step to a line, you get the skilt airs, you know. Uh, so very different to what how it is nowadays, so we say. But that was my normal. And, but it was normal as well because we were very much driven to achieve, to do better, to be better. And, um, and we, we, to be fair to my dad, he always gave his self-belief that, you know, anything was possible. Yeah. So that's definitely, that's become my normal today mm. for my life, that it is possible sort of thing, despite what other challenges that I've faced in my life. Yeah. So yeah, normal was interesting. It was always busy, very family home, you know, busy home. Yeah. <laughs> and I see that in you, that kind of outlook of mm-hmm. positivity. Um, mm-hmm. And when did things kind of start to change then? Was it later on? Um, I know that you were in a very busy, demanding, high profile job. When did things start to kind of change for you? I suppose there's quite a few milestones in my life. I think when I, when you look back, you kind of realise as a teenager, that's probably quite an interesting time of my life. I was probably very unconscious that, I, that part of my life, I think. So I was changing then because mm-hmm. I didn't know who I was then. I did not seem to fit in anywhere as such. I didn't feel that way. I didn't like myself, if I'm being really truthful with you. But the saving grace for me was music. I was very musical. My family were musicians. So music was my mask then at that point, if you like. So playing the flute and orchestras and I played at a high level, which was great. That that allowed me to just be free and to be truthfully me in that in those little moments where I would be playing my flute. So that that teenage is quite an important time of my life. So change then, but yeah, I had this mask and it was music. Then you you, you kind of like fast forward other important times of life would be, yeah, where did I put another mask on? Yeah, in the career, the corporate career. Uh, and I would, you know, hide behind the mask of strength and confidence and self-assurance and was projecting uh, a persona who I wanted people to see me as. But internally, I was having to fit in again. Just like school, you're trying to fit in. Who am yeah. I? I? Try to fit in. There's corporate world, try to fit in. Who am I? Um, and I did it really well. I was always good at it. But internally, by the last sort of couple of years of my career, I was really starting to resist it and reject it because when you work in a, a big firm like you're having to fit into their model of the world and yeah whilst it's, it was very wonderful perks and all the benefits now I've learned such a lot it wasn't who I was anymore I had to slow down how, how I spoke I had to dress with a dress on and skirts and, and, and you know high-heeled shoes and a, mm. a fancy jacket that's not who I was and so at that point was an important time of me changing again and that was horrible though because it's scary to, to be truthful and say this isn't me this isn't for me it's not who I am so that was a big change it's interesting isn't it that there were two significant parts in your life milestones where you felt you didn't fit in yes but that you know it kind of brought it to the forefront but all in your job but then looking back it, childhood is when you felt like that as well <laughs> oh uh-huh. And I think so many things stem from early on, but we kind of don't 
connect the dots there and Mm -hmm. How did where did motherhood fit into your journey? You've got one son. How yeah. old is he? Uh, Ross. He is fifteen. Yeah, amazing. So, <laughs> where where does he fit in in terms of how was that for you becoming a mum and that transition into motherhood? Were you in the career that wasn't really you? And how did that all fit together? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I, I was married to my first husband at that point. And yeah, so I, I it was I was I was what 33 and I still hadn't had a child because I was too busy proving my worth through my career, you see. Isn't that what we all do? So I was too busy proving how to be liked and to be, you know, um externally validated through my career. And I was 33, so therefore then I thought, right, I, I really do want to have a child. I don't want to leave it too late. So I I obviously was excited to have Ross and that was fantastic and that's when you know really interestingly because I remember going back to work after having Ross I changed you change as a mum immediately your identity changes your perspective of life changes your priorities change came softer (laughs) and uh, when I went back to work I always remember just some of the sort of treatment that you receive Mm. treatment that treatment that was unkind and the perceptions that, well, you're a woman, so now you can't do this job. And, you know, you couldn't get promoted for some of the conversations that I would have that were being had by me. You will, you won't want to get promoted now, will you, Lorna? Because now you've got the child. But that gave me the sort of bit between my teeth because I've got had still these issues that hadn't been resolved. So I was like, I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, bastards. And I'll keep working and working and working to prove that I am worthy of promotion. And I did. I, I kept moving on. But to the, then the detriment in it, like to because something has to give. And the things that gave were time at home with my family. And then down the line, my marriage came apart. Uh, and yeah, so that was a, a, another difficult time of my life because that was a massive change. Didn't know who I was at that point either because you're changing again. Your identity, your perspective of life changes again. So that was another really interesting time. Matt balancing young kid, really busy career, going through a divorce, Losing friendships at that point, losing relationships at that point because of that, losing family that you didn't think that you would ever lose, uh, that you thought were cared about you, but that's just the way it is. I get that now and the lessons are, are rich. But yeah, that was a really interesting and difficult time for me too. So, I mean, this, it sounds like so much happened. And I hear this quite a lot that we transition into motherhood and it's almost like an awakening. It shakes shit mm. up. Mm-hmm. And some people lean into it and others resist it for some time until something gives and it's normally the health mental health physical health enough is enough Mm -hmm. and I'm just interested looking back because when you're in the thick of that that must have felt overwhelming busy Mm -hmm. like oh my goodness you just had to power through kind of get through it Mm -hmm. but looking back on being in this job being treated badly because you're a woman you know being discriminated against mm-hmm. being almost yeah. you know keeping you small not allowing you to grow which is yeah. so against your spirit mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and your relationships ending significant with your partner mm-hmm. what is the understanding or the learning the insight looking back what you know now if that makes sense what's your greatest yeah. learnings of, from those challenges? of that period of my life yeah good question at that time of my life, what did I learn? I'll tell you what, right? Because see if I'm being truthful. I went through that period of my life. This is my truth. I went through that period of my life very 
consciously going through pain, don't get me wrong, but very unconscious at the same time. I almost disassociated from my life at that point mm -hmm. to make sure I got through it, to make sure I survived what I was going through. So on the outside, people would have no idea what I was going on, how hurt I was by the situation, how hurt I was by them, how hurt I was by this, by that, by it. Nobody knew. So I became disassociated from it all. So my learnings from that point is don't do it. I don't do that now. Mm. I don't do that now. But what I learned was is that the just some of the opinions of others and how if you're not thick-skinned, if you don't have that self-belief internally, how that can keep you small, as you said, how that can hold people back, how that can prevent you from um, moving forward of, of your life. But yeah, I learned a lot about what I will tolerate in life and what I won't tolerate in life because I won't tolerate that now. I realised how lack of boundaries I had at that mm -hmm. point in my life, how I wanted to please, how I wanted to fit in, how I wanted the validation. I feel that was, you know, and, and this, this still continues, actually. There's another big milestone that comes up. Just at that time, how unconscious I was. But yes, realising what to tolerate, what not to tolerate. Didn't sit in my own crap either, <laughs> and I still don't. You make a really good point that yeah. it's it's not conscious and yeah. it's almost going back to that normal and you know a lot of these beliefs and the values and the things that drive our behavior what we tolerate what we accept yeah. are normally imprinted early on in our <laughs> early on kind of, and this is not like blaming <laughs> it's not blaming people or who yeah. we were brought up by or anything like that it's just very very interesting like you said we live in a different world now and you were driven by you know people kind of saying you can't you were like I can and proving and it sounds yeah. were you trying to prove to the outside world or prove yeah. to yourself outside world always I, I know that to be true that's and, because and of what you said uh, you're brought up to be a good girl you know uh, yes and I, I was the same so how do you make where was the turning point how did you make the unconscious conscious oh. you went through all these massive changes you were disassociated and I really understand that I think for mm -hmm. for those listening who might not understand like disassociation is it, it's a disconnection from yourself mm -hmm. yeah. it's very much focused on the external isn't it mm -hmm. doing what you think you should and mm -hmm. in some cases settling and not mm -hmm. necessarily doing what you want and doing it from a place of your value set and what's true to you mm, gotcha. so how did you reconnect with Lana and what was the kind of turning point was there a turning mm. point or has it been yeah. kind of drip fed moment? I think the turning point has come very clearly in my life and I can define it about five years ago would be the absolute veil lifting moment of my life and and that was because I experienced one of the most sort of cruelest periods of my life I was being isolated psychologically bullied I was being lied about I was at my lowest ebb and it was at a time in my life where I should have been happy like mm. really really happy but hey like not to, to to bring this podcast out now I realize that everything happens for a reason and right. now I understand that that difficult fight period of my life was my friend 
that was the that was my thing because it turned my pain into my power my veil lifted i could i see differently now i i am so conscious so self-aware aware of my limitations now i'm aware of what i can cannot do i'm really good with it all because all because of what happened to me in that period of my life so that's the time that was the the the, the, the crunch point Lorna changed for good <laughs> so now and what I see for your work and how you help people now it very much comes down to relationships the relationship you yeah. have with yourself yeah. how you can be you and still foster meaningful positive relationships but also not tolerate shit yes yeah. so it sounded to me like things had to get really really bad and that was to do with other yeah. people yeah. being horrible to you let's put it yes. like that it was yes so let's go into boundaries then but well, you didn't win I'm still standing <laughs> I want to I, I really want to break into song now but I won't so how did you move forward you had that realization that mm. you know you should be happy mm. and life should be good and there's other people you were allowing them to mm. bring you down mm. and crush your spirit and no more that that's not going to happen no more so how from that point how do you put in place that what did boundaries mean to you what did they look like um obviously that's developed as you've gone through this work and with the NLP but mm. what did you start to do at that point if someone's listening and thinking oh my god like that's me mm-hmm. how did you start to step into your power protect yourself mm. and you said you lost a few people through that process what, oh, what was that uh, continually <laughs> for, for that, that for that part there I lost a lot definitely but rightfully so I'll, I'll tell you one of the biggest most you know like uh, what would you say life-changing moments right you know the light bulb thing that it was bigger than a light bulb it was like my body quivered I was like I let something go and it was one of those moments and it was the moment I realized that the consequence of me staying as a victim <laughs> and complaining about what was happening to me was, you know, that was the biggest epiphany ever. That would mean if I stayed there, I would be staying in a living hell because I was in a living hell at that point. So I realised the consequence of me staying there it was going to take me nowhere. In fact, it was taking me nowhere good anyway, because mm. it was really affecting my mental health to the point I felt there was no way out. My mm. physical health, I had digestive issues, IBS issues, you know, all these different things that were happening because I was holding on to the pain instead of actually looking at it, <laughs> sitting in it and realizing that this was the moment that I was going to realize my potential to realize the lessons that were in that, that actually I can't change it, that by God, and I'm not going to let it define me, but it's going to make me and help me to move forward. And and it did. And yeah, that's where I just started to refuse to accommodate bad stuff, cruel stuff, notice it, who it is, don't care who you are in my life. I don't care if you've been my life for all my life, whether you're a friend of my life, I don't care who you are. I am going to refuse to accommodate that because what I've learned is that not everybody does have your best interests at heart. Some people will be offended, deeply offended, and they will reject you for your change and for your realisation of what they're up to. So many people are benefiting from our generosity and kindness, and I don't allow that to happen in my life now because of what's happened. And what I've found is 
you get the, the right people surrounding you. They would never do that in the first place because they are healthy and they do want what's best for you and they do care for you and they mean it. And that's what it's all about. So now my circle is beautiful and the people I connect with are like-minded like you. So it's life. So I'm so grateful for the fight, for the pain, because it's brought me here today. Pain is our greatest teacher, isn't it? Without a doubt. And did you have help? Because I know we're probably at the stage where you went on to explore changing your career, the NLP, how you can implement these learnings to help others. Mm -hmm. So what you had this big, and I think that is huge. You listen to your inner knowing. You know, it's almost, it's not worth the pain. You look at where this is going to take you and you're looping around that survival that living in hell is not going to change unless you change. That's huge. How many people feel trapped and stay trapped and settle for so long, sometimes a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So it's that inner, that awareness. And then what did you do with that? What was the next kind of action step, so to speak? I love that. I, sorry, I just have to comment what you said there because it really, really, really resonates with me, that part of like your inner knowing, your intuition. That's major part of my, that, that awakening, if you like, that really, that point in my life where I change massively. It is, is a, your instinct's never wrong. It, it is a messenger. It's telling you stuff. And if I look back from, you know, five years before, I, I wasn't listening to it properly you know, but see if you listen to it properly. Now, you might not like what it's telling you. (laughs) Oh, no, because some of the stuff you go, oh, no, you're joking me. You're not saying that. And it's right. It is telling you that. And see if you sit in it. Oh, it'll pay off always. Sorry, I totally sideswiped you there, but I'm so big on intuition. It's it's my best pal. Maybe we could talk about that because I think a lot of people who are disassociated to cope Mm. disconnect from their intuition. Mm. So your intuition at this point took you towards another big milestone, doesn't it? Like a big change because you decided to then change your career and Mm -hmm. what you did. So Mm -hmm. did you go, did you work with someone personally to help empower Mm. you through this process or what? What did it look like? I got some therapy. I, I seeked out a professional. I didn't know what to do. I was at the point I just didn't, I didn't know what to do. I needed help. So I spoke to a professional therapist called Agnes Stephen, life-changing. She was a hypnotherapist. I didn't know what hypnotherapy was. I just had been told, go and see this woman. She's going to be great. And she was great because she was the person that just, you know, lifted my head up. And allowed me to move forward really quickly as well. So that was really, really helpful. And I remember in my last session with her, I said, I'm going to do what you do. And she went, well, go do it. And then that, you know, I'm like, I'm going to do that. And then that was what led me to go and learn about NLP. Just so happened to stumble into NLP. And there's a story behind that, but that's how it happened. And then I started to study NLP with Steve Burns and Brian Costello at the Scottish Centre of NLP. And, oh, I mean, that is, that, and talk about life changing. You can't describe, you can't describe that training. 
<laughs> you have to experience it, don't uh, you? It is an experience. Yeah. Um, and from that moment on, like, see, the last day I knew, I just went, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. And by this time, I had actually resigned from my career. I had done that and I'd taken a, a bit of a sidestep to go and work for a local charity. So I wasn't traveling anymore because I used to travel all about the country. So then I was at home. And luckily, the charity I worked for, they were working in areas of mental health, like social isolation, uh, food insecurity, food poverty, all this kind of stuff that I didn't know about. So uh, divinely sent, or whatever you want to say, I was clearly being sent on a path that I had to go and learn about real stuff rather than what corporate world tells you. This was me feeling, seeing head on, you know, um, what's really happening in our communities. So I learned such a lot there, but equally I was able to practice my new tools and techniques that I had learned, which I did. So I just kept chipping away, testing it out with folk from the community. I was so lucky. And that was where I started to build my confidence and my ability and my skill around NLP and continue to learn as well on the side. I was away off learning and different sort of doing hypnotherapy, doing more NLP work, just doing more like, you know, coaching um, with different sort of folks, just tapping into lots of stuff. In fact, I listened to podcasts every flipping day. You know, it was like all sorts of stuff jammed into my head. So it was a busy time. And then two years ago, I decided just to go right, bop my head up above the parapet and then, you know, launched Mind Positive and haven't looked back. It's been great. I mean, that is incredible. And what a transformation and a shift in so many aspects of your life. Yeah. And, and I'm just thinking back to, you know, what we were saying about relationships, boundaries and intuition. And I'm thinking for those who maybe feel disempowered or overpowered by relationships in, in their life. And unfortunately, these are sometimes often family, friends. Yeah. And there is a culture of perfectionism and people pleasing. And we get mm -hmm. stuck in these kind of behaviors and we feel like we can't say no and kind of martyrdom and giving to others before ourselves. And yeah. we find ourselves in this situation where we're exhausted, burnt out, overwhelmed, and whatever we do is never enough mm. so in terms of setting boundaries and intuitively what would you say in as being kind of advice for those who want to connect back to their intuition step into their power and kind of ask for what they need a bit more maybe that is saying no but how would you start to do that when you haven't I think a great place to start is, is is really is that listening to yourself. Like what what is it that you what are the messages that are coming from yourself? What is it that you I'll use that word tolerate? I, I like it. <laughs> what are you up for and what are you not up for? Start to really get that clear in your mind. Just take a bit of time, sit in the edge of your bed, ask yourself the question. Ask yourself, what am I doing right now that's really fucking holding me back in my life? Oh, you'll get the answer. Let it sugar in. It'll start, it'll start to, your, your body will tell you. So what are you up for then? What are you, what are you willing to tolerate and what you're not willing to tolerate? Now, I get because of our programming and our conditioning at that point, you'll be like, oh my God, that's going to offend. That's going to cause havoc. It might, by the way, just so you know, but then don't let the fear take over. You can only make this change if you head into that fear, but take some help then. 
get some help speak to a professional because they'll help you with that they'll help you feel safe first and foremost Mm -hmm. they'll maybe well they'll probably will in fact help clear away some of those insecurities and some of that programming that's been holding you back they'll they'll help you sort through that they'll have have you help you give you some dialogue on Mm -hmm. how to approach those conversations with your family Mm -hmm. friends partners and relationships stuff like that so I think really asking yourself honestly what am, I, what am I doing right now that's holding me back, truthfully? And working out then, what will I tolerate? What, what will I not? What am I willing to put up with? And then I would say get help or speak to someone that is safe. That's usually going to be a professional, though, I would say. I'll be truthful. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. uh, they're going to give you a real objective view of this. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, a big mission with this podcast is to prevent suffering in silence because then we build all sorts of stories around the beliefs the things that we're kind of suppressing and it can become massive it can become a lot bigger than what it is and what Mm -hmm. what I would say just from working with mums and myself a lot of the conversations and stories that go around our head never see the light of day and actually I always remember what Brené Brown said people are hard to hate close up move in And there's going to be some situations where people are unsafe and that's where we need to have distance and, you know, put those boundaries around not spending time with those people. But a lot Mm -hmm. of the time, it's just that we're coming from different models of the world, different life experiences and we clash. And actually the, the, I don't want to say the cure, but, but one of the things that can help that is honesty and listening to each other and having those conversations, which doesn't happen does it Lana like we don't sit around conversations these days have got very surface level the weather how are you we don't really get into the nitty gritty the deeper stuff and I think it's learning to how to set the scene for those conversations how to have the confidence how to have the courage and I think a lot of people are pleasantly surprised Mm. when they're able to be more honest and have those conversations they might Mm. find there's mutual ground But it starts with being honest with yourself. And like you said, like, what are you willing to tolerate? What's not okay? What's okay? And it's quite amazing when you spend a bit of time. I mean, I don't know, Lorna, do you like journal on that? Do you just go for a walk? Do you think about that? Because when you start to actually get it out of your head, Mm. you can start to see a path forward with it, with how Mm. these conversations could unfold. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do a bit of both. I, I'm a real thinker. I'm a very deep thinker. Uh, I think a lot. I think particularly in the last five years, just since my, my veil's lifted, it's quite. it can be quite exhausting because I notice a lot of things now that, that I didn't before. But yeah, so writing it down is, is because it, that, that's just taking it out of the brain and popping it somewhere else for that time being. Mm-hmm. And as you say, then you do, you start to see there's a pattern emerging of what you're into, who you are, what do you believe, Believe. what do you value those words will start to leap out at you and that's when you start to know who you are because once you start to know who you are then then you can really decide what's going to be okay for your life and not okay and you just said something really important patterns yeah. because this is where aha uh-huh, this is where we start to reflect back over our life and we think hmm. and mm-hmm. I think it's very much about owning your role isn't it and understanding you can't really truly change anyone else but you can own yeah. your role and you can look at the patterns that have repeated that have served you uh-huh. and the ones at the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> that haven't. Yeah. And it's so interesting when you start to look at these patterns that you yeah. see, you connect the dots. And I think some people feel very, very overwhelmed and stuck with how to change. And people just don't feel they have the energy or the support. Mm. And like you said, you don't have to do it alone. It's exploring these options of people that mm. can support you. And being open to those around you, like you had that lady you went to see the hypnotherapist, you said, Lorna, absolutely, you can do this. I mm. went to see Brian personally mm. for NLP, and he's that's how I got into it professionally. So it's amazing when you start to open the doors for yourself that mm. other doorways present. So I just wanted to ask you then, are there some kind of small looking back maybe there's some real significant resources it could be like three resources mindset behavior things that you do each day that you've implemented to help you maintain your sense of identity and sense of self so not mm. losing yourself within relationships and motherhood and, and your career so what are the, the three greatest resources that you've had to adopt my belief system like my belief would be one of them uh, and myself yeah. it's unwavering unwavering nothing can regardless of what's going on in my life and there's always a lot going on I'll, I'll be truthful I'm unwavering about what I can achieve I have a real self-belief I'm very confident in myself what I can can't do another resource is knowing that I'm here for a reason I have an absolute you know like rigid <laughs> belief that I have been created to do something despite what goes on about me that I will keep going so it's that belief in self belief I'm here to do something I'm here to serve others that it will all work out so it's, it's very emotional resourcefulness I access yeah I do uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm an emotional woman you can probably tell so I, I'm me very too, love. Me too. <laughs> where we get on in it I access my resourcefulness because see when you go through a lot of pain and difficulty we've only touched like lifted the edges of my stuff today you realize the potential that you have inside you that you can absolutely get through anything and everything so I, I, I there's nothing could could blow me down now I, there's nothing that could surprise me or shock me now I've been hurt so many times that I use that hurt to, to get me through every day. I, what else would I say? I listen to various different sort of people, leaders, you know, Tony Robbins, Stephen, Brian Costello, you know, Brenny Brown as well. You know, I, I'm also a, a big fan of God. I'm not going to lie. That is something that is a daily thing for me. I, I'll share that with you. Without him, I wouldn't be doing this either. So I have that going on in my life. I'm just con constantly listening to things surrounding myself with good people being grateful for God being grateful for the things that happen to me and just believe that I can yeah I think that's amazing and I, totally with faith I think whether it's more spiritual religious whatever but mm -hmm. believing in something bigger believing in purpose believing in yeah. the universe that we're here mm -hmm. for a reason I think that expands our world beyond our yeah. four walls and yeah. it's exciting because then we're stepping into the fucking unknown yes <laughs> because if we're just looping around the known all the time we're going to do what we've always done get what we've always got yeah so I think to really expand that's amazing and like yeah. what I hear from you you said earlier on like your mask was very much about approval and worth to mm. the external world and achieving and pushing mm. through what I hear is 
you've almost flipped that. So mm. you're still an achiever, you still strive, but it's internally driven mm. by mm. your values, your purpose, your belief, rather than mm. what other people think or what other people expect. Definitely. I stick out like a sore thumb at times though because of that now. So you've got to be aware of that, that that's not easy to do that. That, that doesn't just happen. But I'm not going to stop now. <laughs> Don't you think that once you start and once you have that realization, it's those small intentional steps each day, like you are showing up for your clients, your bigger mission. You go online, you do videos, you share. Please mm-hmm. do check out Lorna's Facebook page and Instagram because you talk give- too now. I've decided to dip the tone TikTok as well. <laughs> I said that to Dan this morning. I said, do you think I should do TikTok? He's like, no, no, because I'm already- don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. I'm like, Instagram, (laughs) Facebook. He's like, pick one and be done. (laughs) Um, But you share very honestly. And Mm -hmm. I think you're right. We've only just lifted the mask a little bit. Lorna shares a lot more through her accounts. Mm -hmm. And you will get the gist of where you're coming (laughs) from. And it really is a lot about being yourself Mm -hmm. and relationships and how you can Mm -hmm. align the two and have more congruence in your life. And I think when you show up as you, you attract people who want to be them and you give people permission Mm -hmm. and you you start to find your tribe because I think people are fearful that boundaries mean no and separation, but actually they're quite the opposite, aren't they? (sighs) You want to keep them in. That's why you're doing it. You want to keep the people in your blooming life. That's why you're saying, can you please listen to what I'm saying? Can you please stop that? Can you please start that? Yeah. You want to keep them there. But the people that react to that and reject it, that's that's all in them, I'm afraid. That's Mm. all in them. And that's where you have to let go of that because you can't fix that shit. That's all for them to deal with. Just like you've had to fix your shit. I've had to fix my shit and stuff back. Wait a minute, it's still work in progress. But you just can't, you can't enter into that arena. It's hard. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. And it is a journey. It is a process, isn't it? But you get stronger through it. And you build that team. You build that network. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to just ask you then, why do you think so many mothers especially because that's my audience mm-hmm. do suffer in silence and put up with the shite and tolerate less than stigma mm-hmm. around this these types of conversations comparison <laughs> biggest thief of joy isn't it afraid of being deemed an unfit parent attitudes yep towards mental health oh, crap by the way they're so outdated a lot of the stuff that's going on there's some really good stuff but there's a long way to go let's just be fair societal expectations of you to be the perfect parent um i think social media is another one jinx mm-hmm. you know that what people put out into social media versus actually what's really going on behind their profiles um yeah i think there's a whole bunch of things going on for people and i think it's just we're not having conversations enough of them like what we are doing today and just making people feel it's safety. I'm all about to be vulnerable, to be emotionally courageous, and we're not doing that enough. And see if we did, the world would be a lot happier place, a lot nicer. Totally. And one step that mothers could take to start to lift that mask, because it is a process, you know, it's not necessarily just ripping it off. What is one thing that they could do to like lighten that emotional load so they can return to themselves? Be honest. Again, I think it's just back to what you've been saying, I've been saying, is being truthful with yourself. 
be truthful yeah. yourself. You'll win every time. Yeah. Every time. You can't go wrong. So be truthful. How you're really feeling. And then share that truth. Test it out. And see if it see and, and you know what you probably find, right? Because see the majority of folk, they're lovely. They really are. <laughs> there is some shites out there, but the majority of them are lovely. So test that out <laughs> and see how it goes. You'll be okay because you've got everything you need inside you to get through it. And if it doesn't work out, you go somewhere else <laughs> yeah. and you speak to them. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. Thank you. And that is brilliant. Be honest with yourself and then share it. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! There's a man. Yeah. <laughs> I love oh. it. Thank you so much. Is there anything else? I, well, we've, we've covered quite a lot, haven't we? And I know yeah, this. Yeah, I loved it. But um, brilliant. Thank you so much. I'm really grateful for your honesty and Thank obviously you. your time. Yeah. And yes, I encourage people to go follow. I'm going to put stuff in the show notes to go follow you because I love your I love your videos. <laughs> they just really feel good. That. They're like, yeah, fuck yeah. You come out the house thinking, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do, you you and let the world adjust yeah <laughs> and it does it actually does when you start to do this stuff bit by bit step by step day by day you start to become who you want to be and it's nice yeah we need more of that wonderful thank, thank you. you so much i appreciate that and i will speak to you soon yeah thank you so much thank you wow thank you lorna i love your energy and if you would like to go follow Lorna, I really recommend that you do. She is thriving on TikTok. She's on Instagram. She has a website. If you'd like to contact her, I will put those links in the show notes. And as always, I love to hear what you think. Please let me know if you resonated. Please share with another mum that you think this might help. And please get in touch if you have any questions. And lastly, I am available for free clarity calls. If you would like some help to reclaim your sense of self, your energy, and work through some of these hidden, complicated stresses that you are carrying through life that you don't really understand, but you know that they're eating away at your inner peace, whether you identify identify that as trauma or hidden stress or your mother load, I am here to help you unpick that and navigate that so you can free yourself and step into your energy and true potential. So I would love to hear from you. Again, in the show notes, there is a link to how you can contact me and we will set that call up. Okay, wonderful. I will be back next week with another episode. Have a good week. Bye.